At long last, it's 200 for Wayno. Coming up on B-Shafe Daily. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the early morning hours of Tuesday, September 19th, 2023, coming off the heels of a wonderful Monday night at Bush Stadium as Adam Wainwright gets to the milestone. 200 wins for Wayno after it took him 12 tries to get to win number 199. What did I say the entire time, Cardinals fans? I said, once he gets to 199, it just feels like 200 is going to be close behind. I think he'll do it in the next start. The first chance that he gets, essentially, which is what Monday night ended up being for Adam Wainwright. I know, it was back in probably June when I first made that statement. It's been a long year. It's been a difficult year for Adam Wainwright. He acknowledged a lot of that tonight, talking about the fact that he just hasn't really been healthy for much at all of this season. A lot of times, he hasn't had his A stuff, his B stuff, or even his C stuff, and has to go out there and try to find a way to compete. And, you know, if the circumstances were different, and if this Cardinals season were different, is there a world in which maybe the Cardinals don't allow Wainwright to continue this pursuit as a member of the starting rotation? Yeah, it's possible. But we're living in the reality that we're living in, and it was clear for quite some time that this Cardinals season was a bit of a bust. And, you know, Adam Wainwright's season has been one too. But just because the season was rotten doesn't mean or never did mean that Adam Wainwright couldn't have a storybook ending to the season. Whereas he started out the year looking for much more than 200 and would make comments when fans would come up and congratulate him. I think it was win number 197 when he said that somebody came up to him in public and said, hey, congratulations, only three more to go. And he made the comment back to the fan of like, well, I I don't think y'all would be too happy if I only got to 200, right? Well, that was kind of the way we viewed things early in the season and time and circumstances shift your focus, right? It's just inevitable that when you go through a stretch of 11 starts in a row like Adam Wainwright did, where he doesn't get a win, and not only did he not get a win in those 11, the Cardinals only got one as a team. And he goes 0-10 in terms of the decisions that he was taking in that stretch of starts before last week when he gets to 199. It has been grueling for Adam Wainwright. Oli Marmel came out tonight and said, you know, if Wainwright was speaking honestly, he'd tell you he was being held together by duct tape coming into the start. And Wainwright talked about a little bit with the injuries that he's dealt with or just the, the general not feeling like himself that he's dealt with. And tonight was, frankly, one of those nights where Adam Wainwright didn't have his best stuff. He didn't have much at all in terms of velocity. But he found a way to battle and to grind against a pretty solid Milwaukee Brewer lineup. A lineup that I think did Wainwright maybe some favors tonight by being pretty aggressive on his pitches in the zone. But Wainwright was able to keep him a little bit off balance and perform for his best outing of the season. Seven shutout innings as the Cardinals beat the Brewers 1-0. John King and Ryan Helsley coming in out of the bullpen to get the final two innings of work, the final six outs in this game, as Wainwright left with a 1-0 lead, which was provided, and this is just as storybook as it gets, provided by Wilson Contreras, his battery mate in the first season without Yadier Molina here in St. Louis. Contreras and all the things, that the turmoil, I guess, that he's been through 
in his debut season with the Cardinals. Hits his 20th home run of the season. It was a line shot that just curled fair inside the foul pole. Wilson Contreras ends up being the only run that Adam Wainwright gets and the only run that he needed on Monday night as he wins it one nothing. Career win number 200. Certainly something to celebrate in a season that has otherwise been a forgettable one for Adam Wainwright and for the Cardinals in general. They had Monday night, and Monday night really did at Bush Stadium feel like a playoff atmosphere. It's the first time in weeks that we've really felt that kind of energy at the ballpark because the Cardinals just haven't been in the mix this year. And it's so interesting the way it makes you almost pine for, man, okay, it's not been that long since the Cardinals have played some real meaningful baseball. This season hasn't been it. But, I mean, there was a playoff series played at Bush Stadium last October, less than 12 calendar months ago. And you feel a, an environment like tonight, and that just, to me, makes you go, John Mozeliak, go get this thing fixed. Go get what this team needs in the offseason, and let's see some meaningful Cardinal baseball again in 2024. That was sort of an afterthought that I had walking back to my car, talking with another rider, but it's just like, it's been rare that Bush Stadium hasn't experienced those kinds of games in a given season, right? The Cardinals have been in the mix every single year, really, of John Mozeliak's tenure up until the very bitter end. Even if they don't make the playoffs, even if it ends up being a season where you're on the outside looking in, it you can count on one hand the number of games in a, in a season where the Card, it was just meaningless baseball. The Cardinals were not in the mix. And this year is different. It's been a whole month. We talked about at the beginning of September, like it's going to be a full month of meaningless Cardinal baseball where not one of the games is going to matter in terms of the standings. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This one mattered, though, for Adam Wainwright. It mattered for Cardinals fans. It was great to see him get the moment and to get it at home, to get it after everything he's been through this season. Special night at Bush Stadium for Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals. Appreciate you guys for tuning back in to Be Shafe Daily. I know it's been a minute since we have been on. Uh, I put a little post out on YouTube kind of clarifying some of the stuff that was going on for me, but basically, long story short, COVID hit my house, and uh, my wife and son both had it. Uh, my wife, a little bit bad there for a while, so just all the attention and energy that I that I could spare typically for these podcasts late at night was going toward other things and was glad that everybody was feeling better over the weekend to where I was able to get to Bush Stadium tonight on Monday and take in number 200 for Adam Wainwright. But that's what's been going on for me at my house. And honestly, I feel like I'm having some allergies. I've been sneezing nonstop. But uh, nevertheless, the show goes on. We'll get a little B-Shape Daily action here. Hear from Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Maybe some Ali Marmel audio as well. want to remind you guys, I know it's been a minute, but make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Brandon Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer. Plenty of Cardinals content to come. And it's really going to heat up after the season is over. We will continue to do B-Shape Daily episodes, of course, between now and the end of September. A couple of weeks to go for the season. The big drama of 
will you or won't he when it comes to Adam Wainwright? Yeah, we get the resolution here tonight, and that's great. Love that he's able to get it out of the way before kind of the like the pressure of that last weekend. It's all geared around Adam Wainwright. And if he had 200 on the line still going into that outing, whether it would have been Friday or Sunday or whatever, his last start ends up being, that would have been absolutely grueling because I know this was important. This was important and meaningful to Adam Wainwright in a year that, again, didn't go the way that he wanted it to. He's had a lot of challenges that he's had to face. Some Cardinals fans have definitely kind of jumped ship throughout this process because they look up and, yeah, they see the guy has an 8 ERA and he's been in the rotation all year. I think now it's like 7.4, so he lowers that a little bit with tonight's uh, scoreless outing. But, like, there has been steps along the way where people thought, this is a, a sideshow. Enough already. Adam Wainwright doesn't have it in him anymore. And again, if this were a case where the Cardinals were in a pennant chase, I don't think it would have gone exactly the same way. But it boils down to what I've said time and time again on the show. There's no reason not to give Wainwright every opportunity to pursue this milestone and now to achieve it when the Cardinals have just been out of the race for so long. And to his credit, he's pitched a lot better of late. It's not been, you know, Adam Wainwright of old necessarily. I think tonight you really did get a glimpse of that with seven innings, only three strikeouts, never was a huge strikeout guy, but I mean, the stuff was definitely lacking in terms of the sharpness. I mean, just the, the the power behind it. He's not a power pitcher at this point in his career, but certainly even velocity-wise, I think you're around mid-80s, really, 86 or so. I didn't check double-check the stat cast, but it was he, was he was going through it. He's been going through it all year. And for Wayno to be able to pitch the way that he did tonight, I think that's pretty special. I say he's been pitching better. You look at his last six starts, he's had two where he's gotten beat up a little bit for six runs. The other four, he allows three, one, two, and tonight zero earned runs. So relative to where he had been, which I know is not saying a lot, and he knows that too. It's nothing that Adam Wainwright doesn't know. Uh, it's been a little bit of an improvement where he's at least kept the Cardinals in a number of those games. Didn't get a chance to win any of them, though, until last uh, outing about a week ago in Baltimore. And then the outing tonight, Adam Wainwright, career win number 200. So as I was mentioning, B-Shape Daily, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. You can subscribe to the B-Shape Daily podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. It's really going to gear up when we get into the offseason. And it was a night like tonight that kind of reminds you, it, at least it did me, in covering this team, it's like, dude, they might not be all that far away if they can fix some of the things, the, the holes, the deficiencies on this roster. And there's going to be, you know, pitching we know is a big part of that. I really do think the position player group should not go untouched. Uh, bullpen, you know, things should change there. Very fascinated to see with Tyler O'Neill. He goes on the injured list with a foot sprain. His season's probably over. Is that it for Tyler O'Neill as a Cardinal? The revolving door with the injuries to these outfielders, and O'Neill is kind of the, the poster child of that. I think at some point, enough has to be enough. I hate to say definitively, a hey, Cardinals, you got to move on from a talented player like Tyler O'Neill. But I think the Cardinals need to wrestle with some difficult decisions and make them this offseason because the, the calling card, the marks of this front office over the past couple of years has been the decisions that they have put off and decided we don't have to make just yet. But there are some decisions, I think, as it pertains to clearly in the rotation, but also in that outfield, that you just have to be definitive about something. And I feel like that's the hangover of a Randy Rosarena trade. 
of an Adolis Garcia getting, you know, traded for cash or whatever they got for him, seeing those guys flourish elsewhere. I think we've seen a little bit of a couple of year hangover for John Mozeliak of, oh, I don't know if we can trade away somebody because what if they turn out to be something and we didn't get it from them, but but their new team does. And we end up with egg on our face. They have to sort of let go of that and go, what's Tyler O'Neill giving you? What's the the hope and the promise and the upside? How often is he hitting on that? We're going to have a lot more conversations about O'Neill in particular. And everybody knows I'm I'm big in, in into Dylan Carlson's corner. But from an injury standpoint, it's kind of undeniable at this point that he is in a I'm not going to say the same boat because O'Neal, it's it's almost unparalleled in baseball. How often O'Neal is injured, and sometimes it's an injury that could you play through it, but you're not. Yeah, you know, those are kind of questions that we, we had when they were down in Tampa and dealing with the turf and the knee. And it, it, at a certain point, it's nobody's fault. You don't have to, you don't have to rip Tyler O'Neal. You don't have to talk about him negatively. You just go, is the situation the situation and we need to react accordingly? Maybe that's where this is heading. Those are the kinds of conversations that we have coming up this offseason and then seeing how the Cardinals maybe fill some of the holes that are created by departures. That's all coming up on B-Shave Daily this winter. So make sure you guys are locked in. Click subscribe on the YouTube channel if you really do enjoy regular, consistent Cardinals content. You know, the type of content that I do when my house is not being ravaged by COVID. Anyhow, let's get back into it from Adam Wainwright from Monday night. Just a very strong performance some wonderful moments that came out of this game. It was really interesting as you get down the stretch run of it. He was cruising through five innings. 68 pitches, I think he had thrown through five. Uh, 42 were, th- were were for strikes. So the, the Brewers were basically attacking his pitches. And and for the most part, Wainwright was was getting them to, to hit into some weak contact. Four hits on the night. I don't really think he had a, a hard hit against him. Maybe some batted balls that were hard that went and found gloves, but nothing too particularly alarming in terms of what was coming off of the bats of these Brewers hitters against Adam Wainwright. Had a couple of strikeouts looking, which was fascinating, and then a key strikeout later on that uh, was, I think, 86 miles per hour, just middle of the plate on a longer at bat. Uh, I think that one might have been Telez, but longer at bat, and uh, curveball, curveball, curveball ends up getting the guy with the... Uh, something over the middle. So it's a guessing game. It's a it's a cat and mouse game, and it's one that Wainwright had to play a lot throughout this season, but in particular tonight as he was chasing for 200, played it in this game and, and played it to uh, incredible effect. Before I dive in a little bit to the moment of the night that I thought was was the most enthralling when it as it pertained to Adam Wainwright, there were a couple of them in the seventh inning. I want to make sure we hear from Wainwright just off the top with his impressions after the game. They, they brought him to the podium. A lot of times we'll interview the starting pitcher in front of his locker in the clubhouse, a scrum around the player. For an instance like this, they know everybody wants to talk to Adam Wainwright, so they're going to bring him to the podium, get it on video in front of the uh, the Cardinal backdrop for everything. And that's the way they did it. Here was Adam Wainwright at the podium after his 200th win on Monday. I do think that uh, having to work as hard as I had to work for it made me savor it that much more you know um it was a time where i really wasn't sure if i was gonna be able to keep going you know um or if they were going to even let me keep going but uh i'm sure glad i got to and glad I turned things around as of late try to you know maybe make some adjustments figure out how to pitch with the with the stuff i'm working with so um but that's one of the most 
fun games I've ever pitched in my whole life, you know. Um, certainly will go down as a top three moment for me ever, you know, baseball-wise. So um, glad I got to do it here in front of our fans. I like you could summon it one more time. Like, yeah. Did it feel in the middle of the game, hey, I've got this, I've got something special working? Yeah, and I felt – I haven't really – the last couple of times I felt like I was – better with with execution and in those big spots and um tonight when ollie came out in the in the sixth or was that the seventh seventh he said you you want this batter i said yeah i think you should give it to me <laughs> and he, he goes all right you got the rest of this inning but I, you know at that spot um i felt in control and i felt like i was going to get out of there um and i felt like i wanted i wanted me out there you know um there was some, there was some notion that I had that I might try to pitch that whole game, but uh, you know I think Ollie made the right decision. Yep, I did. Yeah, it's been a duct tape kind of year for me. Um, I've had my arm taped a few times tonight. I had my back taped up. Uh, you know, it's just been it's just been really tough. It's everything. You know, when I'm when I'm healthy and going full steam, I can pitch pretty good. You know, I'm just uh, I'm very confident, still confident that I could do that if I was healthy. But I've not been healthy all year. You know, the times that I've felt, felt like I was healthy or getting there, uh, I think it was really just me trying to talk myself into it. You know, um, but I think that's plain to see. I'm not I'm not telling anything to y'all that you don't already know. But um, I am um, I am somewhat proud of the fact that uh, it's, it's hard to keep this guy down, you know. I'm, I'm proud. I, every time I got knocked down, I got back up, and, and I got knocked down a bunch. And that's just part of Adam Wainwright from the post game as he was at the podium there. I think Valley Sports put up a pretty lengthy cut of Wainwright at the podium. I don't think they got the entire thing up there. I do have a video that I might throw onto the YouTube channel a little later if I get a chance on Tuesday of some of the stuff later on is – he talked more about Wilson Contreras and a lot of the different things. The moment that I was alluding to that I wanted to bring up was something that happened there in the seventh inning. You heard about the mound visit there with Ollie Marmel and Ollie's perspective on that. I, I believe this was with one out in the seventh runner on second, if I'm not mistaken. Ollie goes out to the mound. And if you if you're if you're there at the ballpark, you can look for this in future reference to kind of know, okay. Ollie going out to the mound for a, a a mound visit is usually going to mean a pitching change. But it's only going to mean that if he motions out to the bullpen on his way out, right? That's the telltale sign. And maybe on TV, you wouldn't get a chance to necessarily see that. But if you're at the ballpark and you see the manager hop out of the dugout, if he points out to the bullpen, that means, yeah, come on in. He didn't do that this time, though. So we were up in the press box going, these fans are all going to start booing, and they did. But I don't think he's taken him out of this game. Nobody really felt like that was going to take place there. But it was funny to hear from Wilson Contreras, who was like, I see Ollie coming out, and I'm thinking, uh uh, <laughs> don't, don't pull him out of this game. And he said he almost told Wayno, don't let him do it. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he spoke up and said anything. But Ollie said basically he, you know, wanted to make sure they were on the same page and good to go. You hear Wainwright talk about, in the question I think there came from Rob Raines, where he had said, Ollie Marmel had said, if he's being honest, he's being held up with duct tape before this game. And I think that's because it's something that 
Wainwright said to Ollie Marmel, as you kind of heard the question and then his answer is, yeah, that is something that he was feeling today. It's been a duct tape kind of year. So for Marmel, I think he's just going out there and making sure he's got, he's got it left in the tank. And you hear the moment from Adam Wainwright described where he says, you, you got this better? And Wainwright goes, yeah, I think you should, you should probably give it to me. And then he says, okay, you've got this inning. And he gets the batter. I think that was Telez at that point. And then Mark is the runner on second, who evidently had said it felt like he was in a movie standing out there trying to be the run that can take away Wainwright's win in the seventh inning there. Steals third base. Contreras, Wainwright, they weren't worried about him. They were focused on Josh Donaldson at the plate. But that's the tying run at that point. That's the run that if he crosses home plate is going to ruin the entire dang thing. And Wainwright has a 2-2 count on Donaldson. And then you see Contreras go out to the mound. And it was interesting. It looked like he was maybe having some trouble with the pitch com. Asked about it afterward. Wainwright said, yeah, wasn't quite hearing what that was. And sounded like he was calling something I didn't want to throw. I th- Do I hear sinker there? Yeah, I don't know about all that. He said, you want to make sure you know. In that moment, basically the biggest pitch of the season, you want to make sure you know. And I asked Contreras about the same thing. And Contreras said, yeah, it wasn't 100% clear to him that Wainwright and him were on the same page that he was, whether it was, Wainwright mentioned the crowd noise, whether it was that or whether it was Wainwright just had one pitch in mind. He said, there was only one pitch I was wanting to throw to him in that spot. And of course, that was the curveball. And this wasn't the, the the strikeout Carlos Beltran to win the NLCS curveball. This one left up a little bit in the zone. I don't know if that was by design. I didn't want to ask that question because it's like, hey, that curveball that you threw to get Donaldson, was that like an accident or is that what you meant to do? Wanted to throw a curveball, and it's all about keeping him off balance. Honestly, I think it didn't need to be one that dropped off the table. He gets it almost above the strike zone. It still had good break on it, but the location forces Donaldson to basically pop it into the air. Plenty of room in center field for Newt Barr to make the catch. And that is the final pitch of the game for Wainwright, who throws 93 pitches in this one, gets through seven scoreless. He said he didn't want to tip his cap necessarily going off the field because he wasn't 100% sure he was getting taken out of the game. Then you could see in the peripheral that uh, Ollie was walking up to him. And he kind of had the thought of, you know, how much am I going to fight this? And he, he felt like, you know, okay, it's probably the right decision at 93 pitches. He said if he got through eight, if it was probably right by Ollie to take him out after seven because if he had gotten through eight, there's no way he wasn't going to lobby to pitch the ninth regardless of pitch count. So to do it after seven, it's a one nothing game. John King comes in, gets a couple of outs. Uh, Mason Wynn almost makes an incredible play on the third out of the eighth. Doesn't quite snare it in shallow center field. A full extension dive, though, by Wynn. I think he crossed to the, uh, the first base side a second to do it. Then they bring in Helsley, who gets the last out of the eighth. One, two, three in the ninth. Win number 200 from Wainwright. But the mound visit thing, I think, was one of the the most uh, interesting moments of the night. Because, again, I just don't think there was any way he was taking him out in that spot. But you did have the crowd starting to boo just the idea that he was going out there. But everybody was on the same page. Wainwright was able to get through it, get through that bit of a jam 90 feet away that that base runner was. Just fascinating to see the way it all played out and that the curveball was the only pitch he was going to throw in that situation. 
And so he goes out, has a quick word with Contreras. He probably says, it's the curve. and <laughs> We're throwing it here. And it ended up being uh, well located in terms of what he was able to do to, uh, to Josh Donaldson in that spot. So the Ollie Mound visit there and then the curveball to Donaldson, two of my favorite moments from the game. Adam Wainwright, the winner. Cardinals win it one nothing. Play a, a quick clip here. This is courtesy of Bally Sports Midwest. I don't know how much of Wainwright's uh, interview on the field they played on TV. I don't think very much of it, but they did get the tail end here when Mike Claiborne, who was interviewing Wayno on the field, basically said after his last question, here's the microphone open to you. Anything you want to say here at the end. And this was Adam Wainwright after his one nothing win. This was on the field to the crowd that remained. Everybody was still there. Everybody was standing waiting for Adam Wainwright to come back. He was in the training room doing his normal post-start routine when the game ends, and he he comes out back toward the field, greeted by all of his teammates, steps out onto the field, has the interview, and here's how it ended. But I love this city. But I love this city. I love being a St. Louis Cardinal, and I love that I got to play my whole career here. Thank you all so much for embracing me. I love you. Cardinals starter Adam Wainwright after his win over the Brewers. one nothing. Cardinals win at Wilson Contreras with the home run. He was emotional on the field. Wilson Contreras was as well. Wayno made the joke out there with the, the microphone, you know, He's he's more he's got more tears in his eyes than I do right now I think, and that may well have been true. Uh, Wilson I think he talked with the cat on the field post game, needed a towel basically before starting the interview I think to wipe his tears honestly I think that's what it was. Uh, Contreras was super emotional was just he he you could just tell how much he wanted it for Wainwright and and how meaningful is it for the guy who has had the turbulence that he's had in this first season with the Cardinals, but he wanted so badly to be a Cardinal, and now he's forever part of this indelible moment of Cardinals history that he caught the game and had the only run scored, the only RBI, the home run that lifts Wainwright, lifts the Cardinals to a one nothing win, allows him to get number 200 at home. Otherwise, maybe he's pitching out in San Diego next weekend and, and maybe gets it there. But, it, it, you know, Albert Pujols' 700 home runs was amazing, it it happening in Los Angeles instead of it in St. Louis, like it doesn't lessen the moment, it doesn't cheapen the moment, but it changes it a little bit. The dynamic Wainwright got to have the full dynamic, I think, today at Bush, and that was it was really special to see and to be there for it. And you could just tell how much it meant to everybody. And uh, again, meant a lot to Wainwright. I knew at times throughout the season, like it's gonna weigh on him if he retires and doesn't get to 200, that's going to be a thing. Why wouldn't it be? Because he felt like it was, you know, he, he always says the right things and is never going to say it's a shoe-in. But at the beginning of this year, you you weren't going to catch Adam Wainwright talking like he, you know, was, was after this holy grail of 200. That was not the way this started out. So to think that he could have fallen short of it entirely would have been devastating. And that's no longer the possibility. It's not been a great season. It's been a rough one. But the ending at least gets to be sweet for him. And to have that moment at Bush Stadium to get to 200, I think it does relieve a lot of the the personal anguish that Adam Wainwright had because he was 
as he was grinding through all these things, you don't do it if you're not chasing a goal. And as he was grinding through a lot of these things, you know, to, to think that there may not have been a reward for that on the other side uh, it could have been difficult, but he gets the reward tonight. Really cool to see. Let's hear from Ali Marmel, Cardinals manager after the win, about the environment, seeing Wainwright get number 200 at home tonight. It feels awesome. It feels like a playoff game. The energy is different. Um, it's a must win. It, man, it wakes you back up. It felt really good. I asked you a couple weeks ago, did you feel like Wayno had one more in him where he was magical and could kind of turn back the clock? Did this feel like that, like vintage Wayno? Uh, yeah, that's as good as we've seen. I mean, you talk to him right before the game, and if he's being really honest, he was being held up by duct tape before that game started. And for him to go out there and do what he did is highly impressive. Cardinals manager Ollie Marmel speaking to the challenges that Adam Wainwright has faced this year. And coming into this game, yeah, being held up by duct tape is the money quote there to describe what his season has been. And Wainwright didn't disagree with that. Now that it's all kind of out in the open, he said, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't already know or realize about what he's been going through this season to think that he's just struggling to that extent without having some physical limitations. Probably unlikely. So he's been going through it, but has found a way through it and gets to have a moment like tonight. Seven shutout innings as he gets win number 200. All's well that ends well. Maybe not. You know, it always could have been, it could have been better, right? If he was healthy, he says, I think I still could have pitched competitively all year. It's just not the way that it broke down for my my body from that perspective. But for him to have this night, despite all that, I think is really cool. Cardinals fans, let me know what you think of Adam Wainwright achieving number 200 at long last Sound off in the comments here on YouTube. Make sure to hit like on this video and subscribe on this channel if you enjoy consistent regular Cardinals content throughout not only the season, but the offseason as well. I think that's going to do it for me for now for this edition of B-Shave Daily. Thank you guys so much as always for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and do so on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. But that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thank you guys again, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shave Daily. Peace.